You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. So Megan Gailey brought us this mess and just dipped. Yeah. Like this, come on, man. Who's gonna clean this up? I will. I'll eat every single one. Let's <laughs> get out of here. The music outside has gotten a lot louder. We're in a club. We're standing outside of a club. The problem is, I'm one thousand percent sure there's nobody there. It's empty. It's empty. I can, I can hear the echo. Wasteland. Get out of here. Welcome to Oddball in beautiful downtown Indianapolis again. If there's any confusion, it's written Indy. over my shoulder. Indy. I'm Charlotte Wilder. This is Amin Hassan, somewhere behind the dark glasses, oh, yeah. we think. Amin, how are you doing? How is the All-Star treating you? So, day two now, mm-hmm. and... You uh, sound great. The voice is, it's, it's right now, this is the perfect voice, because there's a li- it's a little weathered, mm. but, like, it's still, like, strong. Tomorrow, that's where we get into the, I might sound like Jamel Hill on Levitard show after the Super Bowl. Listen, it's, is, a, it's a good thing we don't have a show tomorrow. This is it, Friday. We'll come at you next week with, like, amazing stuff we'll, no, from we're, we're recording content tomorrow, so it's not like, yes, I won't I know, be, but you don't have to, like, do the full. Okay, anyway, <laughs> uh, Clay Thompson came off the bench for the first time since 2012, his rookie year. That's crazy. Against the Jazz, and I mean... It actually went very well for him. He had 35 points. And here's what Clay said. You know, you could do two things. You could pout or you can go out there and respond. And I thought I did the latter very well tonight. Um, especially no turnovers and I've missed a few box outs though. But more importantly, uh, I realized I'm going to play a ton of minutes. So you just got to let the ego go when you think of coming off the bench and all that. Oh. Getting, getting the latter into a press conference, yeah. beautiful. No, Clay's the best, man. There's never, it's never posturing, it's never angling, mm-hmm. it's never spin. Everything he says is very pure, yeah. raw emotion. So him saying that, like, I believe he actually had the literal conversation with himself. I can either pout mm-hmm. or go out there and respond. It's like, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and he, he had to decide. And, and he, he, did, the, he, he made the right choice. He made the right choice, absolutely. It's also different from like a Draymond, the way he postured. Yeah. Like there's something about Clay where I, I also think that his being so honest and vulnerable about mm-hmm. how hard this was for him to be not as great anymore. Once he said that, it sort of, I feel like, bought him a lot of credit with everybody. Like, because now when he says what he's actually dealing with as he's benched, yeah. you're like... I believe you. The vulnerability, I think that's the the good word that you used there because I think Clay allows himself to be publicly vulnerable about things and things that most athletes, forget about basketball players, don't want to be vulnerable about. So for instance, when the NBA released its top 75 players of all time and he wasn't on it, he was pissed and he said, I'm pissed I'm not on the list. Yeah. Right? Most guys would never admit like, oh, you're going to be mad now because... Even though they would feel it, they wouldn't admit it, and he did. And so I think that's a lot of the appeal of Clay Thompson is like, you know, this guy is not, he's not trying to be tough or cool or anything. He's yeah. just being him, even when it's not necessarily in his favor. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of vulnerability, uh, P.J. Tucker oh, man. was fined $75,000 by the NBA yesterday on Thursday uh, for what the league described as public comments about expressing a desire to be traded, P.J. Tucker has not been loving life with the Clippers. Yeah. He's frustrated by his role, his reduced role, his not having a role. He sort of got all wrapped up in the James Harden stuff. The minute he skipped Joel's wedding and went to party with Bun B and James Harden and then got shipped off to the Clippers, I'm sorry, P.J., you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself, P.J. No, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is, right? Like... P.J. Tucker is a victim of his own success, right? Because he played very well a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he got a new deal, a three-year deal with his option on it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a shock. Like, P.J. Tucker got that deal, but it's like, well, if someone offers you that money, you take it. Yeah. But once you get that kind of money and that kind of contract, he's getting $11 million this year. He's got another 11 and some change next year, which is his option, which probably he's going to pick up. It makes you harder for you to be dealt. Yeah. You're a 38 year old player. He's with, 38. Yeah, with money on the on the books, right? So teams are like, I don't know if I want. I like I like PJ Tucker. I don't know if I like PJ Tucker 22 million dollars <laughs> worth, right? Like I like him for minimum. So now it's like they tried to move him. The Clippers mm-hmm. tried to move him, but there were no takers. Mm-hmm. And now you talk about buyout. Buyouts are always easier, Charlotte, when this is the last year of your deal. So like Kyle Lowry, last year of his deal, yep. buyout with the Hornets easy. When you've got another year, teams are like, hey, I want you to chop, chop, chop. Mm-hmm. And as a player, I'm like, I'm not giving away $11 million or whatever it is right. for, for my option year. So it makes being bought out a lot harder as well. So. PJ's kind of in this weird place where the Clippers are like, yeah, fine, go. And he's like, yeah, I'll leave, but they can't. I do want to say, I don't like this rule. I don't like defining things. Yeah. It just, I get why it exists. It's because of a very specific moment in time where we had a lot of this happening Mm -hmm. back to back to back. Mm -hmm. Harden, Durant, Ben Simmons. But overall, I just don't like the idea I mean, like, P.J. Tucker got Well, it's so fine. subjective. Yeah. It's so subjective. It's like publicly expressing a desire to be traded. Like, you can post an emoji. Like, LeBron posted an hourglass emoji. Yeah. Should he have been fined for that? No, because that hourglass was about his new deal with DraftKings. Bet responsibly. The crowd is yours. <laughs> All right, Charlotte. 
Coming up next, I'm really excited about this. We've got Kamal Malwatch. He is the youngest player to ever play in the FIBA World Cup. Mm -hmm. He's 17 years old. He was 16 when he did it. And we get his first ever interview. You will not believe that this is the first time this young man has spoken on camera. All right, we're here in Indianapolis, and we've got a very special guest. He is the youngest player to ever compete in the FIBA World Cup. He was 16 years old. He's now the old age of 17 years yes. old as he sits down with us. His name is Kaman Malwach. He is part of the NBA Academy Africa in Senegal, and he's here part of the Basketball Without Borders program. They've got a, a, a little a game or tournament happening here mm -hmm. at All-Star Weekend, which is a great kind of look to the future. So, come on, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, thank you for having me. Come on, you, you just come in fresh off of a recruiting visit. Yes. You've been to Kansas and you've been to Kentucky so far? And, and Duke. And Duke. Yes. What's that experience like? Because, you know, for high school players here, it's, it's a big deal that, oh, I went on my campus visit to these great schools, great uh, basketball programs. But, you know, you're coming from the NBA Academy over in Dakar. Yes. So all of this must feel very new and very stimulating, right? Yes, it really feels new. My, actually, the, the, the last two vids, visits felt all right because I went on the first one. Mm. But it feels different, especially during the game time, and then all the fans are there, and then the crowd, and then you see the guys play, and then you imagine yourself being on that court. Yeah. It feels really different, and it's, the feeling is special. Did it make you, does it make you just want to be out there? Yes, like sometimes I'd be like, what if I was just dressed up and then warming up with the team and play? What atmosphere felt the most exciting to you? I would think all, the, all of them, yeah. the atmosphere was great. Started in Duke, in Cameroon, and then I went to Allen Fieldhouse, mm -hmm. great fans and Big Blue Nation. It's like, they all have great fans, like their fan base is really up there. Yeah. How, how, how familiar are you with the different college programs before coming over here? Um, I didn't know much about that, but mm -hmm. I knew how college works, how they play, but I didn't know the culture in the schools because mm -hmm. I've never visited any school before. So I went and found out and checked up all those schools. You came here from NBA Academy yes. in Africa. What is a typical day there like for you? What is that schedule like? I feel like I don't think a lot of people know yeah. what, you know, when you hear about it and it's like, oh, that's such a cool program, but like, what's the day to day for you? It's, it's fun, it's fun, and people, it's like a hard-working day, especially if you're an athlete, like, people have different schedules, you have the time you work out alone, individual workouts, so basically me, I work out at 6, so I'll be in the gym like 5.30, wow. and then I lift at 7 to 8, mm -hmm. and then we do a team practice, and then everybody leaves the gym. We go get some breakfast, do school, and then hang out together. We have like a cafeteria. Mm -hmm. So we have a pool table, we have video games, we have TVs. We just hang out there and then have fun and then talk to each other, learn different cultures, different languages, because all of us are from different places yeah. of yeah. Africa. So we try to communicate and then maybe I'm trying to learn French too. There you go, man. Yeah. Awesome. But French is a little bit hard. So. I'm telling you, man, every, every additional language you learn yes. is going to come back 10 times down the road. You'll never, you'll never know like when it's like, oh, this came in handy. Yes. That is, but that is, that is wild when you think about it. It's like you come to this academy and it's the best players from all over the continent. But yes. 
Some of them speak French, some of them speak English, some of them Portuguese. Portuguese if they're yes. coming from Angola or, yes. or you know Mozambique or one of those places. So how do you guys communicate like that at first before anyone really knows kind of common words? Yeah. It's I don't know how to feel. It's it's a different like way of communicating. We might not speak the same language. Mm -hmm. But when somebody says something, you get it. <laughs> no, he says it in his language. Yeah. That's just a way you understand what he's trying to say. And then you'll be like, oh, this and this, and then, then they'll start learning English, and then we start learning their language, too. You're the youngest player to ever play in the FIBA World Cup. Yes. And you, uh, South Sudan, obviously went far for a program that is fairly new. Yes. And also not very well-funded when you compare to, like, to, the big powerhouse yeah. country. Yes. First of all, did you understand like how big of a deal it was, not only for you to be playing, but for, for the team to be playing that well? Yeah, I, like when I, I looked at it more, I saw the bigger picture when I went back home and then I saw what it did for the whole country. Right. Everybody was waiting for us at the airport. Everyone was happy, everyone mm -hmm. was excited. It's like we have something, a sport in the country we support. So it's like, that's when I saw the bigger picture of it and. The Olympics is a big deal. In Uganda, yes. you were playing soccer yes. before you played basketball. Can you tell people how you got into basketball, how you made that switch? Normally in Africa, everybody plays soccer. Mm -hmm. Everyone who is in Africa who plays basketball, they played soccer before that because soccer is an easier game and then you can play anywhere, you don't need a facility. Right. But I started playing basketball when I went to watch a camp and then saw tall guys. It's my first time seeing tall people guys who are taller than me, right. I barely find them. And then I was excited and I was like, I belong there and that's, that's where I should start. And then the next time I just came on the court and started dribbling the ball and laying up. Now, the fun part about playing for South Sudan is that many of the players come from all across, basically you know, just scattered people, right? Yes. How cool was it to like meet other guys that different backgrounds, but kind yes. of you all have a shared uh, heritage? It was, we, we really had to bring it up together and like be on the same page at first because we have guys who don't speak the language, maybe mm -hmm. guys from Australia who didn't grow up where we're from. Right. So we had to teach them how our culture is. Wow. So that's why we, we spent like a month in, a, in the camp and then the camp really brought us together pretty good. Where did you guys do the camp? We did the camp in Australia uh -huh. and then we went from Australia to China and then China to Philippines. Right. That's so much travel. Did you have a favorite place that you visited? I'm not among those ones, but I have a favorite place I visited. That's in Rwanda and South Africa, in, back in Africa. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you guys, obviously after the World Cup, you went back and you saw the reaction. What was that like for you? It was a good experience. The first time, I mean, nobody knew me because right. I wasn't on the team. But the second time, it was more exciting. Yeah. And then, <laughs> My family was happy, my mother, all my siblings were at the airport waiting for me. It's like the first person in the family to play on the national team. That's amazing. What, yes. what does your family think about you coming over here and going on this incredible journey across yeah. the Midwest, looking at all these schools? Most of the guys in my family don't know much about basketball, but they don't know how big it is to visit those schools like yeah. Kansas, Duke and other stuff. So every time I try to explain to them, I'd be like, if you're in the basketball world, you'll know what these schools are, but because you're not there. The other thing is that they're also very good schools yes. academically. Yes. So oh, yeah. what are you looking for in as you're trying to make this decision? Yes. What are the things that are important to you? But first of all, the basketball part, 
is the development, how I'm going to develop, mm -hmm. how they're going to push me to develop in that player I want to be, and then how they'll help me go to the next step. And I want to go somewhere where I will, I will win too, because I want to play in the NCAA tournament, mm -hmm. win a championship, and then be able to move to my next step and I have a championship. And I want to study school too, because when they offer you a scholarship, you can come back years later and finish your school, yeah. and that's what I will do too. From a basketball standpoint, how do you want to develop? Like, who are players that you've looked up to, or you know, were there guys that you would watch on YouTube when you were figuring all the basketball stuff out? Oh, when I when I started playing basketball, is I saw videos of Giannis. That was like 2019. Giannis was in his prime, back-to-back mm -hmm. -back MVP, defensive player. Mm -hmm. So I saw highlights of him, and I was so excited. I'm like. I want to be this guy. I want to <laughs> play like him. I watch a lot of big guys in the NBA. I watch other guys who play four, between four and three. I watch Joel, I watch Giannis, KD. Obviously, when Banyama and Chet, I do watch mm -hmm. them too, Jokic. But to me, I think I'll turn into a player like Anthony Davis. He has my style of playing and MB too. You've only been playing basketball for four years. Yes. Right? But your development is very apparent. Yes. What do you attribute that to? Why, why have you been able to develop so quickly? Uh, first of all, is, is the work we do at the academy, mm -hmm. is how they push us, how they develop us into pros, because all we do at the academy is what the NBA players do. We shoot from the NBA line, we use NBA coaches and everything. So they develop me that way and then I put in the work too. I stayed consistent with the work. I work every day. I make sure I work on my game, whether it's a Sunday or Saturday do something, work on my craft, because I started basketball late, so I, I always worked more so that I can catch up with the guys who started before me. Mm -hmm. Are there any um, specific superstitions you've developed, like before a game? Is there anything you have routine. to do? Yeah. No, I have routines like same routine, maybe the way I stretch, the way I shoot, mm. foam shooting and everything, and then I have a routine like before, before I check in in the game, before the game starts, so I'll be on the starting lineup and then I'll touch all my teammates' hands and it always gives me good luck. <laughs> when did you realize, oh, I'm actually good at this? Um, I didn't discover my full potential until I went to the academy. Mm -hmm. Because before I was, I was just playing basketball, it's like normal pickup. Yeah. Until I went to the academy, that's when I realized I can be a good player. Right. Yeah, I can be great, I can, I can play basketball and I can change people's life, I can impact people's life using this. And as soon as I went to the academy and then I decided to put in the work because I knew who I can become. What's been the hardest part of, of your journey? Uh, the hardest part was start back where I was. The lack, like, we lacked facilities. Mm -hmm. I'd walk a couple of like miles to go where I play basketball. But yeah, that was, um, the hardest part actually staying, after that is staying consistent with what you're doing because with all that walking and getting tired and then all those miles you walk, you're going to play somewhere else in a different city. It would be frustrating, but staying consistent with it was very hard, kind of challenged me before. And then suddenly I just, just kept on doing it every day and to help me get an opportunity to come to the academy and then I got recruited and then that's how I knew everything could go well from there because where we stay, obviously the facility is like, you walk like two minutes, three minutes and you're already there. Right. Yes. So yeah. I, had, I had no reason, I had no reason, no excuse. So I had to work out every day. Were the courts crowded when you would get there? 
Yeah, back in Uganda, the court yeah. was pretty crowded. I would probably go at three, two, because by five, the older guys would come and then they would pick up teams for yeah. pickup and then they won't pick you, obviously, because you're young and they'll, they'll pick somebody stronger than you. Right. And then you play in the World Cup and you were like, haha, I should have picked you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you most excited for about All-Star Weekend? Seeing the All-Stars, obviously there's a lot of NBA players I haven't seen. I've never seen Giannis, I've yeah. never seen who Jason Tatum, LeBron, and it's going to be my first time seeing all those All-Stars. Mm -hmm. And be able to watch the All-Star game, and then I'll watch the three-point contest too of Steph and Sabrina. Wow. So, who do you think is going to win the dunk contest? I'll say Jacob Toppin will win. Really? Yeah. Yes. He has good bounce. I saw some of his videos because he went to Kentucky. So, all right. yeah, I think he will win that. If you could compete in any of the Saturday night things, so either dunk contest, three-point shootout, or skills competition, yes. which one would you want to compete in? I'll go with the skills one or the three-point contest. Yeah. Those ones are better. Yeah, I'll, go. I'll probably go with the skills one. I can win that too. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> could you beat Steph? In shooting? Yeah, in the three-point contest. I don't know. I guess we have to find out. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. That was a good answer. Yes. Best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Journey and, and hopefully we'll see you again. Thank you. But as an all-star. All right, for say, sure. I was going to say, you, when you're an all-star and yes. you're too big and famous for us, you still got to come back because this is the first one we did. All right, I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay. All-Star Weekend, we've got the skills challenge, we've got the dunk contest, we've got the three-point contest, so we've got to make some picks, Amin. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to start with the Starry three-point contest. They love it when you say the sponsor names. That's what I learned yesterday. I know. They, uh, yeah, Starry. Woo. You know the little bubble man that's uh -huh. like, anyway. Um, okay. We've got Malik Beasley from the Bucks, mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson from the Knicks, Tyrese Halliburton from the Pacers. Damian Lillard from the Bucks, the defending champion. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markkinen Jazz, Donovan Mitchell Cavs, Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves, and Trey Young from the Hawks. Mm. Who is going to win? Who's going to hit the most threes? Look, every single name on that list is a heater. Like, <laughs> these guys are all flamethrowers. Yeah. But this year, this season has been the season of one man, mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson. I think. Jalen Brunson wins it. I think it's another kind of crown that Nick fans can <laughs> lose their minds and climb poles on 7th Avenue. Like, oh, we're the best ever. So, Bing bong, baby. <laughs> this, this, is, this is all part of Jalen Brunson's kind of like, this is his year yeah. and his claim to stardom. So I got Jalen Brunson. Okay. Next, Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu, three-point competition. Mm -hmm. Who's your money on? I, I cannot, in any good faith, bet against the greatest shooter who's ever lived. Okay. So I got Steph. Okay. And I, I've said it before, I think Sabrina's in a tough spot here. 
But we'll see. I mean, uh, uh, she has the highest score ever yeah. in a three-point shootout. She said it last last summer, so we'll see how it goes. I'm going to take Sabrina just to switch it up and because yeah. I think she might. She's... She's focused. Girl power. Uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, the Kia Skills Challenge. Oh, yeah. I don't even, okay, I can't so, ever remember what they do. Like, what so do they do? They dribble through cones and right. they lay it up and then they got to like hit a jumper. And stuff, and yeah, right? it's, it's, and it's, like a, it's like sort of like the dog agility yes, contest absolutely. of the Westminster, NBA. Yeah. Westminster Dog Show. Which yeah. I have done that course before, actually. Really? Yeah, I knocked over every pole. It's very hard. Not a, uh, not okay, so we've got team, team Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Mathurin, Miles Turner, team top picks, mm-hmm. weird, uh, Paolo Bencaro for the Magic, Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembinyama, heard mm-hmm. of him. Uh, and then we've got team all-stars, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, Trey Young. I'm going to go with team all-stars, and here's why. Because the- they're all-stars? <laughs> That's a good start. But also, this competition is all about speed getting mm-hmm. through it right mm-hmm. and while everyone on this list is very skilled they the other two teams both have a big an actual big man Wembenyama and Miles Turner so I think that cuts down on just the speed of getting through it yep. team all-star has all little guys I'm going with team all-star all right last one AT&T slam dunk contest oh, yes. Mac McClung Jalen Brown Jaime Hawkins Jr. Jacob Toppin Who's going to win? All right, so I told Jaime Jaquez yesterday, mm-hmm. hey, man, I, I was kind of surprised to see you on this list, mm-hmm. and he bristled, right? He did not like that. He didn't like it. Having said that, I, mean, I, can't, I still can't be. I, I'm still not a believer, but at least you know I'm not a fraud, like mm-hmm. being all friendly and all this. So like, oh, yeah, you're going to do great. It's true. I, Amin Hassan is an honest man. I'm honest. I'm an honest podcaster, right? I want Jalen Brown to win mm-hmm. because I think it's important for – a star player to open the door for other star players to see. Yeah. It's not that scary. You guys can be a part of this and have a good time. Yeah. So I want Jalen Brown to win, but if you're asking me who I think is going to win, all the players I've talked to, Jacob Toppin is the name they keep saying. They're all like, have you seen his highlights on YouTube? And admittedly, no, but I'm not going to bet against the youth. I talked to Kaysom Wallace, who played with him at Kentucky, Mm -hmm. and he was, I I asked him, what's the craziest dunk you've ever seen him do? And he looked at me and he said, I I can't explain it because it was so weird. He said, and he tried to, he was like, it was like, he's not facing the basket, but it was behind his back. And I was was like, I don't understand. He's like, yes, exactly. I don't understand. You won't understand it. So I'm going to go with Jacob Toppin, even though I want Jalen Brown to win. All right. There you have it. Let's see if we're right. You didn't even pick anybody. We're right. I said, I'm not betting against the youth. You oh. said Jacob Toppin, okay. and I'm like, I'm not messing with that. I'm too old to know what's going on. <laughs> Pastries are still here. But you said you were going to clean it up? Yeah. <laughs> After the show. The show's over. What are you talking about? Ugh. Ah. <laughs> Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.